If you will, remain standing, and uh, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 20, Proverbs chapter 20, and we're only going to read one verse uh, this morning together, uh, be, uh, verse number 27, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 27, and we'll read this out loud together, pausing any punctuation, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 27, amen, Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 27, Ready? Begin. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Let's pray. That was my cue. Sorry. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you that you made it simple enough for us humans to understand. Thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit to guide us with it to help us in areas that might be a bit confusing. I pray that you'd bless today. Lord, there are scores and scores of people in this room, and there's no way one person could meet all their needs, but you, through the Holy Spirit and your word, could do so. Help us to get from heaven what you have for us today, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Listen to me very carefully here. Recently, I had a lot of heavy decisions to make. A lot of needed some wisdom. I took an hour and told the Lord I wanted to read the book of Proverbs, and I was going to finish it in an hour, which is not very difficult for me to do. And I began to read through the book of Proverbs. And I've read the book of Proverbs hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. I probably can quote about two-thirds of the book of Proverbs without even looking at it, but... Uh, You say, why? Because I'm in need of wisdom. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. I got to chapter 20 and got to verse 27, and it's always been a verse that just kind of I struggled with, not totally getting it. The Bible says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. I stopped there and I said, Lord, I think I got it. I began to scratch some notes down, and I kept on reading and finished the book of Proverbs, and then I went back, and what I'm going to give to you today is what I wrote down that day and expanded on it. Let me review with you for just a moment. It's not anything difficult, but we have to realize that God made man. We didn't come from a giant explosion. We didn't come from a single cell amoeba in the ocean for millions of years and it got lonely and divided and made itself two and then turned into a tadpole and the tadpole got tired of breathing water and found out it could breathe air and then came, grew arms and legs and then came on the land and said it's too hard to stand up with a tail and lost his tail and then it climbed trees and now it teaches in the university. Uh, That's not how God made man. God made man in the image of God. God made man with a body. That's this wonderful thing you see in front of you. Uh, God made man with a soul. And that soul is your mind, your intellect, your ability to communicate with each other. And then God made man with a spirit. That spirit is what allows us to communicate with God. Now watch this. 
When man sinned, God said, look, you can do anything you want in the Garden of Eden, and you can eat of everything except the tree that's in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because in the day thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. When man sinned and listened to the devil, God said, look, uh, the devil came to Eve and said, you don't need to listen to God. If you eat of that, you could be your own God. You could decide what's right and wrong yourself. By the way, that's what we have wrong in our world today. We have man wanting to play God. Man wants to decide what's right and wrong. You don't, you, you don't let your birth decide your gender. You can decide it whenever you want. That's a bunch of hogwash. Two bulls don't make a cow. I'll take you to any pasture in the world and teach you that. Two roosters don't have eggs. Amen, Brother Joe? Uh, It just doesn't work that way. You say, oh, well, those are animals. Wait a minute, those are the same people that say you came from animals. They're not following their own science. What they call science. So when man sinned, his body didn't die immediately. He started a process of death. But God said, in the day thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. His ability to communicate with his wife or her husband did not die. Because Adam said, God, the woman thou gavest me, she made me do it. Adam Adam blamed God and his wife all in one sentence. So his soul was still going, but what happened was Adam's spirit died. That's why in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said, you must be born again. He said, now wait a minute. You mean I got to go back inside my mama? She ain't going to be happy about that, neither am I. Because there's a whole lot of me more now than there was then. And she thought it was bad then, amen? He said, no, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, it must be born again. When a person trusts Christ as their Savior, their body isn't reborn, their soul is not reborn, but their spirit is reborn by the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God. That is the new birth. Now, When man sinned, his spirit died. Salvation is God bringing that spirit back to life. Let me say it this way. We don't get our spirit reborn by our goodness. Our spirit is reborn by the goodness of Jesus Christ, not by our goodness. Because all of our goodness is as filthy rags that's tainted by sin. We had to have something that was sinless, perfect, and all righteous. Now, unsaved people, listen to this statement, have a spirit, but it is dead. You see, it lies dormant. It's dead. Waiting for a resurrection. Waiting for a birth. They have the potential to have life in the spirit. That is what separates lost man from an animal. An animal is just a body and a soul. 
I hate to disappoint you, but your doggy or your kitty cat or your bird or your monkey or your squirrel or whatever isn't going to die and go to heaven with you. It doesn't have a spirit. I know if dogs went to where the devil is, mine probably would be there with her attitude sometimes. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Chick with attitude. Amen, Miss Beth? Uh, oh, no, she's sweet. And then she, she sits next to me and goes like that. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, animals have a body and a soul. They have an attitude. My beagle has an attitude, trust me. But she does not have a spirit. Animals don't have a spirit. Unsaved man is worse than an animal because he has a dead spirit. It's corrupt. It stinks. It's defiled. That's why lost man has less sense than an animal. Now, by the way, uh, this is where we're going to transition into something today that I want you to see. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 27 again. God says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, I want to help you today. And I think that if you'll listen to me, I can teach you something that will bless your heart today. Number one, I'm going to give you seven statements this morning. Number one, God is light. Amen. I want you to notice something. God is light. First John chapter 5, it's right before the book of Revelation. If you turn quickly, if not, just look at whatever page you're on intelligently and nobody will know. First John chapter 5, the Bible, or chapter 1, I'm sorry, verse number 5. First John 1, 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Those aren't my words, those are God's words. They're not John's words, they're God's words. God is light. It doesn't mean, it doesn't say God has light. It says that he is the source of all light. He is light. Psalm 27, right in the middle of your Bible, don't bother turning there because some of you are still turning to the other one, amen? Psalm 27, verse number 1, the Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So God is light. He not only has light, He is the source of all light. Does that make sense to everybody? By the way, uh, that's why in Genesis chapter 1, don't turn there, the first thing God did at creation is he made what? Light. He separated the light from the darkness. The light he called day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were of the first day. Genesis chapter 1 verses 3 through 5. God's presence brings light. Because God is light. Uh, For instance, let's say it this way. God is like the lighter. He's the source to light something else. Now watch this. Hell and the devil 
are the opposite of God. The Bible says many different places, but especially in the book of Revelation, that hell is a place of total darkness. Why? Because God's presence is not there. The worst part of hell will not be the fire, it will be the absence of God's presence. By the way, God said in 1 John 1, 5, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now watch this. I'm going to make some of you mad if I succeed. Evil and darkness go together. Hell and darkness go together. The devil and darkness go together. And children of God should have nothing to do with the darkness of the devil. Witchcraft is darkness. We call it black magic, dark magic. Everybody doing okay? Hang on, I'm coming to a station near you soon. So I'm not looking at you. <laughs> All the superheroes getting their powers of darkness. Look at how many video games involve the powers of darkness. Say, what is that, satanic? We're letting Christians gobble it down as entertainment, and they're playing with the devil. Do you ever notice how much more crime and evil takes place at night? Why do you think a bar is not lit up? That's what Brother Anthony told me. I've not been in one. Uh, I've been in three bars in my life, and I preached in two of the three. Uh, literally, I preached in one bar twice. Another one I preached in, I preached a, a memorial service for a fella, and I preached it on a Sunday afternoon, Brother James. And I went in, I told him, look, under one, you, you quit serving alcohol 30 minutes before I get there. When I walk through the door, everybody stops drinking anything. No water even. They said, okay. I said, then find every light and turn every light bulb on you can in this building because I ain't walking into a dark bar. He said, that might be the hardest thing you've asked me yet, preacher. I got there on a Sunday afternoon with about four or five men from the church. I walked in. They had two tables set up at the guy's picture had all kinds of memorabilia from him and they had a little makeshift pulpit there the guy walked up he said trust me nobody's drunk i didn't serve alcohol for the last two hours <laughs> he said but that bank of lights right there I, I can't find the switch for it i can't get them on <laughs> he said i put more light bulbs in this building he said i didn't know there was lights in places there was lights he said, every time I turned one on, I find another. And I said, it's all right. You got what you could do. I got up and I preached the man's memorial service. We had 32 people saved. I had three people leave the bar, meet me at the church, and I baptized them Sunday afternoon at the church. Amen? Now, wait a minute. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever been in a bar. It's all I've ever done. But isn't it amazing that, what was that? Yeah, the other ones, I preached, I, pre I preached at the same biker bar in college at 12.15 at night on uh, my way home from work for a requirement for a homiletics class. Walked, walked into a biker bar 
you walk into a biker bar at 12.15, yeah, dressed in a, in a shirt and tie, that's going to go over like a lead balloon. I walked up and told the bartender, I said, look, I got I to gotta preach for a preacher's class, Bible college. I said, I've got to preach at a bar. He said, you got the guts? I said, I got the guts. Can you turn the jukebox off? He said, you got the guts? I'll, I'll do it. I walked over to the door, stood with my back to the door. He said, you're not as dumb as I thought you was. I said, Mama didn't raise two fools, just my brother. I preached. I walked out. About two weeks later, I came back in. He said, you got to do it again? I said, I got to do it again. He said, I know you got the guts. Hey, fellas, unplug that thing. He said, the preacher's going to preach. He didn't ask me no more questions. That's the only time I've been in a bar. But I tell you what, look at how much evil and how much trouble has gotten into in the dark hours. God, not only is the source of all light, in him is no darkness at all. Number two, (laughs) I'm about to shout. Jesus is the light of the world. (laughs) John chapter 8, verse number 12 says, I am the light of the world. John chapter 9, verse number 5 says that he is the light of the world. John chapter 1, verse number 7. Let me read these verses to you. John chapter 1, verse number 7. You don't need to turn there because I'm just about there now. John chapter 1, verse number 7. The Bible says this. uh, The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, capital L, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighted every man that cometh into the world. Now, wait a minute. Jesus was not just the light of the world. He came to bear witness of the true light, which was the source, which is God the Father. Didn't go. There we go. Everybody's laughing. I didn't look. I'm going to have to hold it down here so I can see it. God's better than Bic. Amen. Now, wait a minute. John chapter 12, verse 46 says that Jesus is the light of the world. But I want you to notice something. The dark, the negative, the gloom, the doom of this world come because people aren't close to Jesus. The farther away America gets from the truths of the word of God, the darker our country gets. Some of you old timers that are my age or older, not many in here older, but no, uh, but you old timers know what I'm talking about. There was a time in the public schools where every day was started with the national anthem and prayer and Bible reading. I remember my kindergarten and first grade teachers reading out of the Bible every morning. I remember having to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance and the playing of the National Anthem and nobody sat down. I refused to go to professional ball games anymore because last time I went, I almost got in a fight. had three drunks sitting in front of me when the National Anthem was played. They weren't going to stand up. And I leaned over and said, fellas, either you're going to stand up or I'm going to stand you up. I had a couple churchmen with me. They said, preacher, should we? I said, hang on. I said, fellas, either you stand up or we're going to get you up. They started cussing. They stood up. I said, turn around, shut your mouth. 
They got through the national anthem and sat down. They said, who do you think you are? I said, I bleed red, white, and blue. Don't like it? Leave it. Get out of here. Say, preacher, you did that? Yeah, there's some things I still fight for, amen? That's one of them. You're not going to talk foul-mouthed in front of my wife. I'll, I'll, I'll get in your grill on that one. I still believe a, a lady ought to be treated like a lady and a man ought to keep his mouth shut. And by the way, I have to tell some women to shut their mouth up because there's some that talk worse than men used to. It was a day when a, when a man cursed if there was a lady near, he'd say, oh, I'm sorry. Now the women cuss worse than the men did 30 years ago. Jesus is the light of the world. This negative gloom and doom. There was a day you could read the newspaper and find out good things. <laughs> now you can't even believe them when they write about the weather. Good night. So God is the source of all light. Jesus is the light of the world. Now watch this. Brother Anthony, put your Bible down. You don't use it anyway. I'll show you something here. If this is God, that's me, no. Uh, and this is, is Jesus. He did not bring his own light. He brought the light that came from the Father. And he bears witness of that light. You see, he did not come to bear his own light. He came to bear the light of the Father. And it is God from whom he got his light. Go ahead and blow it out so it doesn't burn your fingers. We're going to light it again, but stay right there for a second here. You can uh, have a seat. Look at Revelation chapter 21. I just want to see if he'll be obedient. Amen. I'm trying to train him for his wife. Revelation chapter 21, the next to last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21, look at verse number 23. Revelation 21, verse number 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light of Thereof, we know that Jesus is the Lamb of God, but he gets his light from the glory of God the Father. God is the source and he has lit Jesus to be the light of the world. By the way, we read in John chapter 1 verse number 8 that he bears witness of that light. The term bear witness means he took the light from God and placed it upon himself and became light somewhere else. Just as that candle, I didn't say go to sleep. <laughs> that candle is bearing witness of the light from the source. Jesus bears witness or takes on the light from the source and takes it elsewhere. Now, turn to John chapter 17. You can have a seat for a moment. You're going to get your exercise. John chapter 17. Jesus is praying. I believe John 17 is when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane just prior to Calvary. You could disagree with me on when and where, but... 
you can't disagree that these are not the words of Jesus because it says in verse number one, then these words spake Jesus. Hello. These words spake Jesus. And look at verse number 22, John chapter 17, verse 22. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou lovest me. He said, God, I'm praying for these that you've helped me reach. And they and I are one as you and I are one. And I'm bearing witness of your glory, your light. And he hath put into us, statement number four, we are the light then that Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. Brother Scott, come on up here. Brother Anthony, stand up. God lights Jesus' light. He came to earth to bear witness of that light. And when we get saved, we become the light of the world that Jesus gives us. Man, y'all are shaking up here. <laughs> now, hang on. I've got to turn this fan off. Hang on. That's exactly what takes place. Scott then got his light from the source through Jesus and lit his. You can blow those out. You can sit down in my chair, but you're not pastoring the church. <laughs> so number four, God tells us that we are the light of the world. Turn, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20, 20, 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. We then have the ability to bear the light that Jesus gave us. And our spirit, by getting saved, allows us the ability to bear witness of the light. Matthew 5.13 says, Ye are the light of the world. Now, our spirit is what God wants Jesus to light. But may I say this? Only the saved have a lit candle. Brother Andy, come on up here for a second. I'm going to use you. Yeah, let's see here. You can just kind of either stand or sit on the edge of the platform here. Whatever you feel like doing. Here's a lost man. He plays that part well. <laughs> now let me show you something. Brother Anthony. God lit Jesus. Jesus likes the person who trusts Christ as their Savior. And now he bears witness of the light that he bears witness of. Hang on. Nope. Turn this way. But the lost man has a candle that's not lit. There's no witness to be lit. You can blow them out. Now let me help you with something. You can, you can have a seat. Yeah, he's still lost. Can I tell you why? He's groping in darkness 
because he has not submitted to the light. He's not hooked up to the source of light. He's trying to be his own light. He's going to church, but there's no light. He's gotten baptized, but there's no light. He's trying to live a good life and help old ladies. I'm not talking about your wife now. (sighs) I'm going to get in trouble on that one if I'm not careful. I'm probably already there. Wait a minute. He's trying to help people, but he's trying to light it himself. He's trying to let his good outweigh the bad. You've got a long way to go. Wait a minute. Say why? Because there is no goodness at all in us. You cannot light it yourself. The only way to have it lit is to yield to the light. knew I should have got a better one. Now, wait a minute. The candle that is not lit is not fulfilling its purpose. On up here, you two. They get saved, and their candle is lit. It's fulfilling its purpose. But the lost person gropes in darkness trying to light it without coming to the source. like shooting blanks brother steve (laughs) can tell you something until the source is yielded to it cannot fulfill its purpose the candle of the lord is the spirit of man and that spirit is not lit because it's dead not until it comes in contact with the gospel from another person Will it truly be lit? Thank you. You can all blow it out and stay in your spots, but you can have a seat for a second. Yeah, you, you can have a seat there. Now hang on for a second. Unsaved man has a candle, but it's not lit. This is what makes man, an un, unsaved man, different from an animal. An animal doesn't even have the candle. He has the potential to be lit. But the potential is being wasted without the gospel. You see, the candle has to yield to the fire to fulfill its purpose. By the way, if it doesn't, it will spend eternity in a fire. You see, this is true for salvation. Let me change gears. It's true for being spiritual. You're saved and you have your candle. But if you don't light it with the Holy Spirit and do what the word of God says, then you're wasting your potential. You have to yield and do what God says to be spiritual. Just because you go to church doesn't make you spiritual. If you were born in a garage, it doesn't make you a car. If you work in a garage, it doesn't make you a car. The place you go doesn't determine what you are. 
What you yield to determines what you are. Everybody doing okay? Uh, This is true with leaders and followers. When you go to work, if you're not the boss, you're supposed to follow what the boss says. Whether you like it or not. Not your business. So, well, I could do, okay, then go start your own business and let everybody complain about you. Because they're going to tell you how they could do it better. Everybody doing all right? Isn't it amazing that we think we know our part of the business so we could run the whole thing so much better? The... And if you're working at McDonald's, I'm not criticizing you, but the the 17-year-old the kid that hasn't built a popsicle stand that pushes the button on the fry machine at McDonald's knows how to run the McDonald's corporation better than Ray Kroc. Right. They can't even turn the beeper off in time. And they think they know how to run the company? Isn't it amazing, the higher up you go, the less squawking about the company there is? It's amazing how that the lower levels complain the most. Well, if I made the money, oh, it's not about the money, it's about the product. If you did your job right and you made more money for those above you, guess what? You'll make more money. If you just shut up and do it the way they want it done, you say, well, it's not going to work. They're the ones that told you how to do it. If you did it the way they said do it, it's their fault, not yours. Everybody doing all right? Man, this is good stuff. Man, preacher. This is true in marriage. We're to yield to one another, submitting ourselves one to another in the fear of God. There has to be a head somewhere. Anything with more than one head's a monster. The average marriage is a monster and everybody's screaming and hollering at each other because they're fighting over who's going to be the head. Well, God said the husband's the head of the wife, but she's the neck on which it turns. They have to work together. Let's quit fighting for who's the boss. If it fails and it's his idea, so be it. Fellas, if you listen to her and it fails, it's your fault. You should have led better and said that ain't going to work. Well, I'll never hear the end of it. I'd rather not hear the end of it and work right. Everybody doing okay? But when it does fail, it's your fault because you listened to it. Hmm. Man, am I on an island all by myself. I just went from preaching to meddling real fast. This is true in parents and children. Did you know parents are supposed to tell children what to do? Children aren't supposed to tell parents what to do? Good night. I'm so sick and tired of six-year-olds telling 40-year-olds what to do. It drives me nuts. Well, what would you like? Well, don't cry. I'll give you this if you don't cry. My dad would give me something if I cried too. And it was called either quit crying or I'll give you something about which to cry. Y'all understand that? It was called a board of education meeting. It was applied to the seat of knowledge. It was an old-fashioned whooping. Yeah, buddy. The inferior is to yield to the superior. The fire is superior to the wick and the wax. 
But the wick and wax don't meet their potential till they submit to the flame of the fire. The inferior has to yield to the superior. Boy, that's good stuff. Then we are to carry the light from the Father to others. God lights Jesus. Jesus lights the lost sinner who gets saved. Now watch this. Do you know what soul winning is? It's going out and telling others with a dead candle how to get saved. And when they yield to the flame, their candle is lit. That's what soul winning is all about. Yeah, stay away from the flag, please. (laughs) Don't want to try out our fire suppression. It's our job to take the light to others and try to light their candles. That's what God said. And the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Gets its light from Jesus who got his light from God the Father who is the source of all light. That means the light that you have and that you have that you have came from God the Father. It's all the same light. Thank you. You may blow them out and put them down. And Brother Randy and Brother Scott, you can go back to your seats. I'll take your candle for from you. Brother Anthony. You see, the Bible is our light. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, verse number 30, is a very interesting verse. Let me read it to you. Psalm 119, 130. The Bible says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It is the word of God that lights the light of men. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with with God. And in verse number 7, it talks about the light, capital W, that matches up with the word, capital W, which is Jesus, verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the light, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So it comes by the word of God. The gospel is the light to light the candle of the lost. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Now watch this. Look at verse number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse number 3. But if our gospel be what? Hidden. Hid. It is hid to them that are lost. In other words... If you're saved and you're not sharing the gospel, it's not hidden to you. It's hidden to those we're supposed to be talking to. Look at verse number four. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image bearing witness should shine unto them. Now look at me. 
You know what the devil's big lie is? Ah, oh, you don't need church. That's just a crutch. Christianity, that's just a, uh, the Bible's a book of fairy tales. Oh, it's just man's words. No. It is the source of God's light that lights the spirit of man that gives us life eternal. And the gospel is hidden and the devil's biggest tool is to talk down the light of the gospel. You want to make somebody mad? Start spitting the gospel out at them. Miss Paula was telling me she had a Jehovah's False Witness at her door this week. And she said, I go to Grace Baptist Church, Pastor Bush. And they went, oh. She put a gospel track out and they just backed up and said, oh, we, 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 they don't even want to touch it. You say, why? Because they know it's the truth. They're trying to pervert it with their religion. Everybody doing okay? You pull out raw Bible and watch it. Man, you can sit down in the airport and pop open your Bible. You can get a seat anywhere you want. Man, people will just scatter. You see, soul winning is us taking the light that we got from the gospel and Jesus Christ and taking it to our fellow man who has a unlit candle and trying to get them to put their candle uh, up to the gospel so that they can be lit from God the Father. Amen. That's how simple it is. You see, saved man has a life that is lit. John chapter 1 talks about us being the light. And we bear witness of that light. Did you know we're not the ones groping in darkness? The world is. Amen. You know, we're not the ones confused about what bathroom to go to. Amen. I'm not confused that I'm a man. Amen. And any of you men that are confused, we'll take you out back and teach you. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Mm -hmm. I'm not part of this alphabet soup crowd. Uh, I don't ascribe to it. You know, I'm not confused about what the truth is. You know, when I was in school, two plus two equaled four. And if we wrote five down, it was marked wrong. No matter how we could reason it and show our work that we got five, it wasn't counted right. If you didn't pass, you went to, we called it dummy school, summer school. Shouldn't call it bad names, right? Uh, you didn't pass. We didn't just get pushed along because uh, we didn't want the school to look bad. We didn't want hurt feelings. Good night. Brother Scott spent his five favorite years in third grade. <laughs> I mean, he had a beard by the time he got to fifth grade. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Uh, there was a day when you were held accountable and there were consequences for what you did. Now we have 40-year-olds that can't go out on their own and live. They have to live with mommy and daddy. I remember coming home from college. I was 18 years old. Came home the first time and my dad said, does it seem different? I said, yeah. He said, good. Whew, okay, why is it good? He said, I didn't rear you to stay. I reared you to go. He said, it didn't change. You did. Too many people are afraid to grow up. That's good stuff. 
Now, number seven, and I'm done. I'm not going to read all of these passages to you. I'm going to reference several of them. I'm going to read one of them to you. But the seventh point is the one I want you to get stuck with today. I got a coon up the tree and I'm about to... Amen. Here we go. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 14. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 14. The Bible says this. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And he giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. God does not want us lighting our light and hiding it so nobody else sees it. We're not supposed to be ashamed that we're a Christian. I'm so tired of mealy-mouthed, whiny baby, fussing Baptist Christians. Well, I'm just being so persecuted. I'm going to be nice and we're going to mask the gospel. That's what this modern trashy religion is all about. Let's play the devil's music, rock and roll music, and put God's name in it every once in a while and call it Christian rock and roll. Do you know how stupid that is? The term rock and roll is a crude term that was developed in the 50s describing a physical relationship between men and women. Everybody doing okay? The word Christian and rock and roll don't go together. Shantae, that's like calling me a white black man or a black white man. Say, preacher, yeah, uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not a racist. Everybody doing okay? Come on now. You can't be both. I, I know this is basic, but it's deep in today's world. When you get saved, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. We ought to be happy about it. Well, I can't talk about him at work. Says who? Show me one place in the Bible that says you can't talk about Jesus at work. Well, we're not supposed to talk. Wait a minute. They can talk about their immorality. They can talk about their filth and getting drunk. They can talk about who they're shacking up with or hooking up with. Come on now. Well... We, we, we can't talk about Jesus, though. You can talk about hell and the devil, but you can't talk about God. Watch me. I've led many co-workers to Christ. I was 17 years old and won my manager, uh, Igor Nikisha, to Christ. His dad was the local heart surgeon. Came to church, got baptized. Come on now. When I was in Bible college, I worked shoulder to shoulder with a man. Spent 80 hours, two weeks, shoulder to shoulder. Finally threw my Bible in his face and said, come back Monday and tell me that you know more than God. Came back Monday before shift started, knelt at the, at the, uh, at the benches in the, in the locker room, and he trusted Christ as his Savior. Now a deacon in the church. Oh, by the way, that was at work. Yes, sir. 
You're believing the lie of the devil. You're believing the lie of the pussyfooters who are afraid to talk about God, the ones that are hiding under a bushel. No, he said, put it on the candlestick and light the whole house. God wants us to shine the light. That means our lives ought to reflect the light and not be like the world. Christian, it's time to clean ourselves up. When you look like, act like, smell like, talk like the world, the world doesn't want your light. They already have it. Well, I don't want to go there. I'd have to be different. Don't you want to be different than what's out there? What's so wrong with that? Well, I don't want somebody to laugh at my children. Uh, I, was, I was somewhere a couple of weeks ago, Brother Bob, and I was at a store and I was just looking at it. I couldn't quite figure out what it was. It was half man, half woman. Yeah, yeah probably. You know, one side looked like it got in a fight with a with a pop rivet gun. The other side looked like it got in a fight with a weed eater in a tattoo parlor. And it, and I was just looking at it. And they said, "What are you looking at?" I said, "I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet." He said, "Preacher, I was dressed just like this." He said, "Oh." What are you? I said, I'm a Baptist preacher. I pulled out a gospel track and reached out my hand. He said, oh, we figured that's what you are. It wouldn't take the track, but at least they knew what I was. They didn't have any question at all. You say, doesn't that scare you? They think we're weird. Did you ever take a good look at them? And they let them teach in the schools that way. Can I tell you something? (laughs) They're the weird ones. I don't want my children to grow up traumatized. Put them in a classroom with that all day long. You talk about trauma. By the way, churches are trying to look too much like the world and they're not shining any light. Got a phone call yesterday. Somebody from our church knocked on their door and left a church track. They were a little fussy. Say, what'd you do with the phone call? I hit number seven and deleted it. Say, doesn't that bother you? Not at all. Because I happen to know about a half a dozen folks have gotten saved this weekend. Happen to know there's people sitting in this room because we knocked on doors. You're here today. You think they're going to bother me? You think the devil's going to bother me? Is all that does is put one more log on the fire. During COVID, we kept knocking on doors. I had some lady in Shepherdstown call me. She was madder than a hornet. You're killing people. I thought you cared about people. You're, you're spreading the virus. I mean, she went on and on and on. And I let her go on, Brother Scott, for about two or three minutes. And when she finally took a breath, I said, lady, shut up. She said, what? I said, would you hush up? I said, if you truly cared about people, I said, you're only looking at this life. I care about their eternity. I don't want them to die and go to hell. 
I said, if they don't get the truth, they're going to die and go to hell. I said, you only care about their body. I care about their eternity. Don't you get upset with me. She hung the phone up. Go figure. (laughs) You say, where was it? None of your business, but we've knocked doors there again. (laughs) Say, why? Because I want to get the gospel out. I'm not ashamed of the light. Are you? By the way, during COVID, we were knocking doors in that general area and a pastor from a church in another denomination called our church and he said to me, thank you for caring about the people in my neighborhood and giving them the gospel. I wanted to say, well, they don't know that you care. In children's church, they'll sing the song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine. Hey, Christian, are you going to let it shine? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, I'd like to make sure that you know for sure you're on your way to heaven. It's not joining this church. It's not getting baptized. It's not going through some religious experience. It's simply a matter of realizing you're a sinner, and because we're all sinners, we all deserve hell. And that Jesus Christ came and lived our righteousness and paid our sin debt for us. All we have to do is trust him as our Savior. You say, preacher, if I died today, I am 100% sure I've trusted Christ as my Savior. And you know that for sure. Would you raise your hand? Oh, my soul. Most every hand. Thank you. You may put them down. Is there one that would say, preacher, if I died today, I don't know that for sure, but I'd like to know it. I'll not embarrass you. I'll not call you out, just like I didn't those that just raised their hand. But you say, preacher, that's me. I don't know for sure, but I'd like to know. Would you raise your hand? All right. Who'd say, preacher, somewhere in that sermon, something I needed today. Would you raise your hand? Oh, my soul. Scores and scores and scores of hands. You may put them down. If you've been saved and never baptized, we could take care of that today. It doesn't get you to heaven. just lets folks know you were saved. If you've been saved and baptized by immersion and like to join our church, you come. We're an independent, fundamental, old-fashioned, King James-only Baptist church. Not ashamed of it. If you raised your hand and said, God's touched my heart about something, how about you come kneel at an old-fashioned altar and tell the Lord about it? Let's get it right. Let's get our candles lit and shining bright as we can.